My Lord and my God, I firmly believe that you are here, that you see me, that you hear me. I adore you with profound reverence. I ask your pardon for my sins and the grace to make this time of prayer fruitful. My Immaculate Mother, Saint Joseph, my Father and Lord, my Guardian Angel, intercede for me. Some weeks ago, someone presented to me, gave me or sent me through email, I don't remember, this painting that is very symbolic and it can help us for our prayer today on the feast day of the Nativity and the holy name of the Blessed Virgin Mary. And the painting was very original in its composition because it was simple but very profound. It showed Eve crying with an apple in her hand and in front of her the Blessed Virgin Mary. And the painting showed how Eve with one hand is, is crying, holding the apple. The Blessed Virgin Mary is holding her other hand and putting it on her womb. And with her foot, Mary is stepping the head of a serpent that is rolled through the leg of Eve. So I don't know if you can picture right now what I described, but it is very powerful to me how Mary is consoling our mother, the mother of all human beings, after the original sin. And the consolation comes because Mary is pregnant with baby Jesus, with the Son of God. And maybe that can help us today to start our time of prayer. My time of conversation with you, Jesus, is always a blessing. It is always making me happy when I talk to you. I become aware of the love that you have for me. And in history, you have shown us that love through instruments, through saints. And among them, we celebrate today the first of all, the most important saint in human history after you, after the Son of God, is your mother. And we are so happy. And uh, I want to read the Gospel for today's Mass because it can help us to understand a little bit the personality of Mary. Says St. Matthew that uh, the birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way. And before I read it, just please, let's all of us go back in time. Let's put ourselves in the shoes of the Jewish people of the Old Testament of faithful families that throughout centuries were reading the prophets, were listening to the prophecies of the Messiah, and being faithful to Yahweh, waiting with joy, with hope for that moment. And then imagine you being one of them that has the legacy of knowing that God will change the world, that God at some point will come to our world and heal all wounds, all of them. So put yourself in that situation, that hope that is so filled with, with anxiety and also with the joy of knowing that God has the last word for everything. Now, the birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way. It says, St. Matthew, when his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph, 
but before they came together, she was found to be with child of the Holy Spirit. What a wonderful panorama. A virgin is pregnant through the Holy Spirit. And her husband Joseph was shocked, and at the same time very respectfully, he wanted to protect her, and he didn't know how. And then he had three options. One of them was to to denounce her publicly, and then she would have been stoned to death. Second option would be to write a divorce, kind of a settlement for her. And then they would probably have respected her, but something would always have been shaky in, in her, in the foundation of her life, like something happened here and then her husband without denouncing her, dismissed her. So that's that's weird. And the third option, the most heroic one, is beautiful, was to take the blame upon yourself. St. Joseph decided to abandon her and to be called probably like a coward. Taking the blame, St. Joseph was very respectful. St. Joseph understood from minute one that Mary was pregnant through a supernatural intervention and he didn't see himself you know worthy to to be part of that plan and he said I, i'm not called to do this this is so beautiful i'm i'm a sinner i i don't deserve this beauty and behold the angel of the lord appeared to him in a dream how wonderful to think that uh, god dreams you my lord you have dreams and you also help us to dream to think bigger to dream big about my vocation, my history, my personal holiness, my, my path toward heaven is not just a, it's not a nightmare, it's a dream. With difficulties, with challenges, but it's a dream. And the angel told him, do not be afraid to take Mary with you. Pope Francis was saying recently that in the whole Bible, the expression, do not be afraid, appears 365 times. Either God saying it directly or maybe an angel. 365. And the, the Pope pointed out that maybe this is because God was sending us a message saying, you can even read a quote from the Bible of tender love from me every single day of the year. So today is one of those days. That God is whispering to you, do not be afraid to take Mary. What a wonderful reality. Jesus, of course I'm not afraid. Not only I'm not afraid, but I'm so happy to take Mary with me wherever I go. Because with Mary, I have all the blessings from heaven. She's the gate of heaven. She's the, the door through which you enter into, into history, into, into human history. And this is a, such a great joy for me. So her nativity, her name, brings good news. And I told the story that I think it makes sense. It, I think can help us to pray today. My grandmother, who is still alive, turned this year 101 years for her birthday. They sent me a picture because she lives in Spain. So they sent me a picture of her blowing the candles of the, <laughs> of the cake. It was a funny picture, uh, beautiful. So she was born in 1921. 
And um, in the picture, you can see she's happy after more, more than a century in this world. And I wondered if we would talk to her about history, she would tell us many things that uh, have marked, so to speak, her existence. To begin with, the civil war in Spain, the Second World War in the world, men getting to the moon, the assassination of Kennedy, the attempt to kill St. John Paul II, the falling of the wall, the Iron Curtain from the Soviet Union, the creation of the television, internet, phones, cell phones, many things that my grandma had experienced throughout her life, and she would now tell you that there was a turning point when I was 15, you know, the Second World War, and there was a before and after the war, or before and after men got to the moon, or before and after the creation of television. I remember before we were listening to the radio, and afterwards we, we had television. In human history, there's also a big line that divides history into two. Before and after Jesus Christ. Before you were in, in this world, Jesus, and after. And because of divine providence, I happen to be in the afterwards of your birth and your history and your life. And that happened in part because of the Blessed Virgin Mary. She is a real protagonist of the history of salvation. And today, I want to look at her and say, my mother, help me to live in the world that has Jesus present here. Help me to divide my own history before I met you, before I met your son and afterwards. Because it should be the foundation of my joy to know that I am with you and you are with me. And also, it should give me a lot of hope to think that you are human, that you were called to have this very special vocation, of course, but you are human. I remember some weeks ago, I was giving a talk to teenagers, speaking about the Blessed Virgin Mary, and one of them interrupted me. It was in a, in a homily. And then, very respectfully, but he told me, Father, if Mary is so perfect, if Mary is the best saint ever, if she's so immaculate, why is the church presenting her as a model for us? It's unreachable. So it's a little cruel on the side of the church to present something or someone that is so far away from us. It's just so impossible. And it made me think for a second that he had a point, right? It is. It could be sometimes overwhelming maybe to think about the purity or, or the charity or the generosity or the humility of Mary altogether. But there's one thing that we can always imitate from her. And this is her freedom. She was given a lot of her talents, maybe more than yours and mine. But at the same time, what we imitate from Mary is not her gifts, but the reaction or the answer to the invitation of God with all those gifts. And this is what we see also in the Gospel of today's Mass, the intervention of the Holy Spirit, calling her 
And Mary saying, yes, fiat in Latin, let it be done. Like, I, I want to do this. Right now, wherever you are, I don't know if you're in a car, on a train, <laughs> whatever, in your house, walking on the streets, you can reach out into your heart right now, seek God there, and then tell him, I want to love you. Not because I have to, but freely. From the bottom of my heart, in a perfect act of freedom, a conscious, like a very much aware of what I'm doing, I want to tell you, Jesus, that I love you right now with all my heart. I wish I could be better. I wish I, I had more generosity, maybe. But right now, in this present moment, I want to tell you I love you. And I have to give you my entire life. I wish that I could give you glory in every single second of my life. And these desires are real. Become reality once we talk to Jesus Christ. And issues Jesus gives us a lot of hope to think that God is listening attentively to you. He's taking you seriously. Maybe more serious than yourself. Pope Benedict, speaking about the Blessed Virgin Mary, says something really beautiful, really beautiful. Um, he says that in this long list of figures from the Old Testament that we have in the Bible, together with men and women who were faithful to God, there is no lack of others who did not behave in this way. And then we find great patriarchs like Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, who responded loyally to divine demands, and leaders, kings, and common people who were great sinners. We even have a prostitute, Rahab, <laughs> all sorts of people in the Bible. Some of them repented, others did not, says the Pope. And at the same time, we have some women there. And uh, the genealogy of Jesus Christ, your family tree, Jesus, with its light and dark figures, its successes and failures shows us that God can write straight even on the crooked lines of our history. And the Pope says, God allows us our freedom. And yet in our failures, he can always find new paths for his love. God does not fail. God is faithful. And of course, I want to be faithful as well. But the foundation of my joy, Jesus, is that you are faithful. And from there, I can build. I was doing my recollection, as I do every month. I, I take a morning off, more or less, to recollect myself with other people. And then it's good to, to make some resolutions, to examine yourself, to pray a little longer for a day or for a morning. And I came across an examination of conscience that was provided for us to read. And there was one of the questions that I really liked, and I copied it because I thought, well, this is really interesting. I never thought about it. And it says, in this question, it says, have I become more accustomed to looking at my life from God's perspective? Or do I continue to focus only on what I do for him? Two options. Am I diving into the reality of looking at my own life from God's perspective? Or I keep just continuing focusing on what I do for him, which is important. Don't get me wrong. It is important that we try to do things for God and, 
and uh, our best. But the foundation, the first step is always, he is looking at me. You are looking at me, my Lord, with your eternal love. And that's something that uh, I, I want to dive in. I want to consider more often. I want to put it as the foundation of my joy. Do not be afraid to take Mary with you. What a wonderful reality. Mary, come with me. I want to do like St. Joseph, like St. John the Apostle, to bring you to my life, to everything. And also maybe, quoting the gospel or, or you know, with this insight that we received from the gospel, we can also do the other way around. Do not be afraid of Mary taking you with her. Are you scared to follow in the Blessed Virgin Mary? Do you understand how much love is awaiting for you in heaven and now in your heart? Am I aware, Jesus? There is this book that uh, is a classic, I think, in literature in the U.S., The Great Gatsby by Scott Fitzgerald. And um, the book is, is about a guy in New York City that is a party guy, but he's very friendly. He's a very charismatic person. And the protagonist of the book meets him once, at least. And uh, I read it many years ago, but I don't remember the details. But uh, he meets him, and he's excited about meeting this great Gatsby. He's a popular person. And, uh, and then he describes the encounter. And uh, changing the protagonist, and I, I think it's pretty respectful, but uh, I'm going to read it. And then you, instead of uh, thinking about this Gatsby in this description of this encounter, think about the Blessed Virgin Mary. Right? And then I'm going to read the quote from the book, but try to imagine Mary instead of Gatsby. Let's see if it works. He goes to this party and then quotes, says, Gatsby smiled understandingly, much more than understandingly. It was one of those rare smiles with a quality of eternal reassurance in it that you may come across four or five times in life. It faced, or seemed to face, the whole eternal world for an instant, and then concentrated on you with an irresistible prejudice in your favor. It understood you just as far as you wanted to be understood, believed in you as you would like to believe in yourself, and assured you that it had precisely the impression of you that you, at your best, hoped to convey. Another quote. He smiles, or she smiles at me, Mary, understandingly, right now. It's your mother. And this is not a fairy tale. Mary cannot live without you. That's why she comes to earth. Throughout history, I think, my explanation is very human, maybe, and I hope I'm not saying anything crazy, but I think the visitations that Mary had done throughout history in El Pilar, in Fatima, in Lourdes, in, in Guadalupe, is because she cannot be in heaven waiting for us. She is such a great mother that she's begging God to come. She needs to be with you and smiles at you, understanding you better than yourself, taking your side, facing the whole world with an eternal reassurance and taking you know, a prejudice in your favor. 
irresistible prejudice in your favor and understands you as far as you want to be understood. So this is a beauty of me. The, the, the connection that we have with Mary is very special. And it's not just for some people. Whether you're aware or not, it's like the love of God that precedes you. And this is what heaven is about. My mother, talk to me about heaven. Bring me heaven or bring me to heaven. Both bring heaven to earth and earth to heaven. Help me to understand that I am in in front of history with the eternal reassurance of God the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, you, all the saints, all the angels by my side. And maybe I cannot express all the time all those realities, but just pronouncing your name, Mary, brings a music, brings a flavor, brings the reality, the connection, the bridge with who I am intrinsically, essentially. Many times I think about heaven because, I mean, earth is so beautiful. So many joys here in friendship. I don't know your experience of heaven so far, but my experience of heaven many times has to do with pain. Feeling accompanied by someone when I am abandoned or forgiven in confession or or just loved by a friend when I did something stupid in my life and my friends were there helping me in my failures. And that's heaven to me. Or also the moments that you laugh with people. Those days that uh, you could be could have been watching a movie or just joking around after dinner, get together, joking, and, and then you start laughing and laughing and just your stomach hurts. That's heaven. Or heaven is when you accompany someone in a hospital and there's silence and special unity without words. And maybe some tears. Or heaven is when someone shares with you good news or asks for help. And above all, heaven, my Lord, you know better than I do, but I'm trying to explain it in my personal prayer. Heaven is eternal. And all wounds, all the wounds in this world will be healed. Everybody will close their wounds. And there will be so much peace, so much joy. And maybe because we have those scars, we will appreciate better the reality of heaven, the gift of heaven. And even now, especially now, I want to bring hope to the world. I want to bring to my time in history, to this present moment in history, the reality of a mother in Mary, the reality of a savior in you, that are not afar from any problem that any human being has. You understand everything and want to help, you know, the angels, the saints, and especially you, my mother, with all the power that you have to command things to, to God, because you are the mother of Jesus in heaven as well. In the same way that you would ask Jesus for things like the wedding feast in Cana, and Jesus would obey you. Now the same thing happens in heaven that you you ask Jesus for things and Jesus obeys you. I, I saw recently another painting, very funny in my opinion. The author, to me, a genius. It was actually the wedding feast of Cana, and uh, it was a moment when Mary is asking Jesus about the the whole miracle of transforming the water into wine, 
and the, the author, I, I really liked it, shows Mary grabbing with both hands the arm of Jesus, almost moving the arm of Jesus for the miracle, almost kind of forcing him very gently in a refined way, obviously, but in a, in a very motherly way, moving the, the arm of Jesus towards the jars of uh, water. And Jesus is smiling and, and they're having fun, very united. It is really wonderful to think about the unity between Mary and Jesus. Both hearts beating at the same rhythm. Both eyes looking at the same people with the same love. Both of them connected in a beautiful symphony of thoughts, loves, and desires. Looking at you. Looking at me. Wanting to help. To help you, to help me. In every step we make, in every situation we live, the nativity of Mary brings us this fragrance of heaven. And I want to dive in today. I want to really understand the worth of my life through the worth of the life of Mary. If we humans have the capacity of celebrating birthdays, and it's such a human and divine tradition that every human being should experience. Celebrating that you exist, right? That's a celebration of birthdays. Saying, we are happy that you are a reality, that you exist, basically. We celebrate the day that you were born. If we can do that with our families and friends, and we put imagination, we prepare things, surprises, gifts, songs, decoration, Imagine the, the power of God pouring out all his creativity. If you like music or, or magicians or, or fashion or decoration or, or cocktails or different foods, different banquets and, and dressing well and preparing the protocol or whatever. Like imagine all, the, all the, you know, the kings of the world or all the people that have creative power it's nothing compared to the creativity of the Almighty, eternal God. And, and God loving the Blessed Virgin Mary, the daughter of God the Father, the mother of God the Son, the spouse of the Holy Spirit, and the Blessed Trinity saying, we want to celebrate your birthday. You're special for us. Can you imagine being there? Well, we can be there. We will be there someday. And now from earth, we just unite ourselves to tell God, thank you for creating such a beautiful mother. Thank you for putting all your imagination, all your creativity in such a wonderful human being. And especially we want to say thank you for sharing your mother with us, for giving us the possibility of calling her mother and to be adopted in such a wonderful family. I thank you, my God, for the good resolutions, affections, and inspirations that you have communicated to me in this meditation. I ask your help to put them into effect. My Immaculate Mother, Saint Joseph, my Father and Lord, my Guardian Angel, intercede for me.